Welcome to Rebellious Optimists, a podcast from Adidas that brings you the stories from inside one of the world's biggest brands. These are the stories told by the people who are pushing boundaries, driving innovation, and calling the shots on what Adidas sells, who they hire, and how they operate. I am Twiggy Jallo, a journalist and writer with a particular interest in work culture and personal development. In this series, I talk to people at all levels in Adidas. Whether they're in product design, recruitment, sustainability, operations, or technology, each of my guests has something in common. They're rebellious enough to push change and optimistic enough to envision a future where anything is possible. Today, I'll be talking to Amy Arana. Amy is the Global Senior Vice President of Sportswear and Training at Adidas. She's especially passionate about women's performance wear. She's passionate about getting it right. Because it's hard to get right. As a woman, I know this. And Amy knows this growing up as an athlete. So many women struggle to find sportswear that works for them. We aren't skirting around any historic taboos here either. We're talking about bras and periods. I said I played basketball. You know, half of my career, I had a white uniform. What we found talking to athletes is that's a really distracting moment. That is taking them away from being in the zone or performing at their best or actually even wanting to play. There are so many ways that sportswear fails women. Boobs are complicated. They're constantly changing size. Periods can wreak havoc, giving people who get periods the fear of leakage. And of course, it's not a one-size-fits-all for style. But these problems are all ones that Amy and her team at Adidas are trying to solve. They are on a mission to revolutionize the Adidas products in this category. And for Amy... That journey involved making bold choices. We were going to have to do something bold, and that meant starting from scratch. Having difficult conversations. I was having lunch with our CEO. I said, Casper, do you know what back fat is? And overcoming her own reservations when it came to talking about bras and periods. I was uncomfortable, but what the team told me is, we've tested this, and this is spot on. It was one of those as a leader where you're like, I 100% put my trust in the team. Driven by data and passion, Amy and her team are fundamentally changing women's sportswear at Adidas. The revolution has begun. Hello, Amy. It is an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. I have about a thousand and one questions to ask you. They're all about your job role, the difference you're making at Adidas and about the bra revolution as well. I just need to know, how are bras so difficult to get right? Bras, it's super interesting because it's not like all of a sudden, you know, we have boobs. You know, I think bras have been around for um, ages. And I think what has been really, really interesting is nobody's got it exactly right. You know, we spent a lot of time in research talking to consumers and, Um, Getting the right fitting bra is just super challenging, you know, making sure that it fits your body type, because I think, you know, our research showed us and it's pretty obvious because we're all humans. um, There's no one body or one bra that fits all. And so what we really explored were different body types. How do we make the most inclusive range that takes into account um, all the things that women really care about, like those friction areas, those comfort areas, the breathability areas. 
And we just felt like nobody was really getting it right. And there wasn't a, a range in the industry that was super inclusive, that really could cover the spectrum of anybody who wanted to wear a bra. And that's what kind of set a fire under us to go out and say, okay, how do we attack this marketplace in a totally different way, keeping the consumer and um, their needs at the center of every detail that we attacked. So when did your team actually realize that, you know what, we have to break this market. Maybe we aren't hitting the targets that we need to hit, or maybe our competitors are beating us in this avenue. When did you almost have that aha moment when you realized that, you know what, we need to go at this and do it very, very well? You know, we are definitely data-driven and you start looking at market share and some of the biggest markets in the world, you know, showing up as like a number four player in bras, like that's an aha moment that kind of smacks you between the eyes. And then you have to start thinking about like, do you continue to try and incrementally get better? Or at what point do you start going after like a leapfrog strategy to say, okay, we can try and catch up and chase the market or how do we jump ahead of the market and really win this consumer's hearts? We pivoted quite significantly um, as a team, as we, we dug into the data, we dug into more of a consumer centric approach and, you know, again, changed everything. I think what we realized is longer life cycle product is super important because we had a very much seasonal approach. So that would mean you go in and buy a bra at a store or, or a tight or some piece of our product in the next month or the next season, you know, you go back out because you want the new color of that or you want the new print because you love it and you would never find it again. And so that was a really big pivot for us. And it's like, how do we create really strong life cycles and, and continue to fine tune and tweak. But so the consumer can depend on us to come back every single season for more. What exactly did you do to sell it to the to those at the top? I would love to know. There must have been very nerve wracking moments where you didn't know whether they were going to listen or not, or, or or you may have felt quite fearful knowing that you have targets to reach. Um, yeah. How were you able to sell it to those at the top? Well, I knew in, you know, really talking to the team that we were going to have to do something bold. And that meant starting from scratch, which takes, you know, investment, it takes resources. It, it meant that we had to bring new capabilities into the company that didn't exist before. And so um, it was, I believe it was in the spring, I, I was having lunch with our CEO and I had a hundred page deck in front of me and the hundred page deck was showing all the incremental things that we had done, the testing of how we were making the product marginally better. And I just knew he was asking about what are you, what are you doing? And I just knew that I had to just put it all on the line with him. And I showed him the front page of the deck with one of, you know, our best fittest athletes on the cover. And it was a, it was a shot of the back of the bra. And um, I said, <laughs> oh, this is the funny part. I said, um, Casper, do you know what back fat is? And he said, what? I didn't expect what, that. Like, <laughs> no. I did not and, expect and I, that. <laughs> and he said, no, like, what is that? And I said, it's what we, it, we often say, like, when you have an ill-fitting bra and and it cuts you in the wrong way, and it's super unflattering. Like, we all hate that. And it can happen to anybody. Um, but what you need to know when you're an expert in bras and knowing the placement, you know, the finishing, the details, you can make a bra look seamless on anybody. And what I showed him was this is, you know, last season's bra campaign, and, and this was a marketing campaign that we did. 
And this isn't good enough. Anybody who really knows product knows that this isn't good enough. And I said, I'm using this as an example to tell you, I, we got to, we have to start from scratch and this is what it's going to take. And he looked at me and said, go do that. What exactly is the bra revolution? For us, um, it was probably, I think, the biggest endeavor that we've probably ever taken on in apparel in the company, but I would also say in the industry. So it started with this leapfrog idea of what would we do if we were going to jump in and win this consumer? What would we do? And at first it started with all the great consumer research And then we had to take a look in the mirror and say, okay, what capabilities are missing internally in the company um, to perfect style, fit, feel, like in a way that has never been done before? And what it caused us to do was, one, um, take a look at our team and talent. I mean, we have such an amazing, passionate team, you know, across the brand, people who have been working on this stuff for years. And we had to zero in and say, okay, what are those areas that we just haven't gotten right? And then we started bringing new people into the mix. We brought in, you know, fit experts, pattern making experts, people who are experts in sports science and breast movement, you know, getting that right. Um, Designers who were lingerie designers, you know, bring in, you know, the sexiness, but also like, how do you perfect every placement, every seam, every detail? So it started with our team. And the next thing that we did is, you know, we partnered across the organization and going after our sourcing base. And like, are there people out there that are doing amazing things, you know, sourcing partners who know the bra industry that we could partner with to bring in new innovations? We rebuilt the entire um, line in six to nine months, which we're on 18 month calendar for product creation in six to nine months bringing all these partners in, bringing new team members in. Um, And this group, I mean, this team was absolutely incredible, passionate, and they went hard. I mean, they poured their heart and souls into making this thing happen. And so it truly was a revolution. So, of course, when we are talking about women, we don't want to box everyone in. We don't have a one-size-fits-all approach to all women. Can you please outline for me the span of people you're talking about or what your research included? First of all, anybody who identifies as a woman or needs support for breasts, you know, that was the first endeavor overall. Um, We didn't go after and say, hey, we're really focused on one age group as well, because, you know, what we've seen from our sports science team is that every single month, every single week and throughout the phases, the hormonal phases um, that you go through in life, but even on a monthly basis, your body is constantly changing. And so, and I think we all can relate to that. You know, there's certain weeks where you're like, oh, I need something bigger or I need something more comfortable and supportive. And so, you know, we looked at uh, the physiological phases that women are going through, um, through different phases of life, through different phases of the month. Uh, we also, you know, talked to women who had had mastectomies and going through, you know, completely different changes or, you know, adding breasts in, in a different way. And so, uh, we looked at the full spectrum because that's who we, that's who we serve, you know, and it was this mantra of we serve all athletes and anybody who wants to wear a bra. And again, it's crazy because there's a business side to it. 
to say, okay, do you want to carry that much inventory, first of all? Because if you want to have truly the most inclusive range, you know, premium all the way into entry level, that's a lot of product. And so there were, um, there's some people that didn't believe in that at the time, but I'm like, if we truly are going to win this consumer's kind of hearts and minds, it's like, we have to serve all athletes. That was the premise of it all. So we, we looked at the full spectrum, you know, identity, hormonal phases, age, all of it. No, Amy, I have to agree with everything that you're saying. And I also think it's so important for us to recognize the the range, the vast range of women who are actually exercising. And I also wonder, like, how are you and your team catering to their needs? Um, just as I talked about, you know, with bras around making sure that there is no one one size fits all, that every human body is different. There are a lot of different needs um, that we continue to to learn more about from consumers. And we are absolutely dedicated to making sure that we include all in sport. And that's at the heart of our strategy. Um, you've definitely seen us in the past year um, roll out modesty wear, um, ensuring that everybody has access to sport or what they need to wear for sport. Um, you've, you've seen us roll out full coverage swimwear, I think in the last year and some pretty bold concepts, uh, that we're really proud of. I think gender fluidity is the other piece um, that we continue um, to learn more about from the consumer and making sure that um, product is fully accessible in the right size ranges. Um, and so inclusivity is really at the heart of our strategy and we're gonna continue to expand concepts. You're gonna see a lot more, I think, in this next year. Um, overall, you know, not only in training, but across the portfolio of the brand. So in your work, of course, um, building the bra revolution and um, producing so many new products and having almost a bra overhaul over the over the um, <laughs> a complete bra overhaul, what has been the most important thing for you to get right during this process? The most intuitive thing is to say you've got to get fit and feel right. But what we what we learned from going deep with consumers, and I could probably ask you this question as well, is you can have fit right, you can have feel right. But if it does not look good, you're not going to buy it and you're not going to put it on. And so we created this mantra that style is always the first filter and you have got to perfect fit and feel. Amy, I don't really like bras that much. I'm not that much of a fan, but I would absolutely love to know what your favorite bra is. My favorite bra in the range right now is, this is going to surprise you, but the one that I get super excited about is the everyday. Okay. And you could say you're making bras for sport and absolutely we are. And, you know, we all are doing sport at different days and different times in our life. And we change our bras for that. But the everyday, I feel like is a little bit of a, an unlock because it, the fabrication, the material feels like you're naked. I mean, it's so soft and so cozy and it feels like it's barely there. And that's the product that I actually think is transformative, especially since I think many people are throwing bras out during the day and wearing something that is so ultra comfortable and cozy every single day is, uh, I think, a little bit unexpected from us. Amy, I'd love to know more about Stay in Play. Can you tell me a little bit more about maybe the innovation and the story behind it? 
So you just heard about the revolution that's going on in bras. Um, last year, we brought a new innovation to market um, for sport. And what I would say, it was a new innovation to market um, that nobody had done, that nobody had really done with the athlete in mind. And really what it is, is period-proof product. And kind of leveraging insights, not only from data, but talking to young consumers, we saw that that young girls were leaving sport um, exponentially higher than um, boys at starting at age 13. And really digging into that data, a lot of it came from the physiological changes that were happening in the body, um, the being self-conscious about what was happening and it being you know, uh, like super obvious. And so we started digging into this data. We started talking to consumers and, you know, again, this is where you can also leverage, you know, what it was like for you growing up. You know, again, I said, I played basketball, you know, half of my career, I had a white uniform. And, um, what we found talking to athletes is that's a really distracting moment that is taking them away from being in the zone or performing at their best we're actually even wanting to play. Um, and this is why we came up with the name of Stay and Play. It's really about how do you eliminate those distractions, keep girls, women in sport at any time of their cycle and making sure that they you know, have the protection that they need to feel their absolute best and not have to worry. And so that's how we get started out on the journey. I'm excited because you know, we, we teased it, we put a little product out into the marketplace, but you're going to see us continue to build on that um, over the next couple of years because we know um, how important this area is. And it's super cool innovation that I wish I had when I was young. Amy, I absolutely wish that I had all of these products when I was younger. Honestly, it would have made life a lot easier. I wonder as well, like the younger people on your team, how did they receive all of this? So I'll first start and say that, again, talking about the passionate people around this project, um, the team presented the marketing idea to me, um, I don't know, four months before, before it launched. And I sat in a room uh, with the team and I was so uncomfortable. And I was uncomfortable because um, my generation, and I'll tell you, I'm in my early 40s, but my generation, like being as bold to talk about the things that we were talking about in the campaign, I was uncomfortable. But what the team told me is, this is Gen Z. Some of us are Gen Z on the team. We've done our research. We've tested this. And this is spot on. And I had to, it was one of those as a leader where you're like, I do not know. I 100% put my trust in the team <laughs> because we could really get this wrong if you listen to me. And there were there were definitely feedback, you know, from across the company like, oh, "Are you sure we want to do this?" And I was like, "We have to trust the team." And again, it's consumer led. And so, it was quite successful. I think from, you know, even a social media standpoint and and I'll use Twitter as an example, it was, you know, up until recently, it was the second most engaged um, tweet that we have ever done in the history of the brand. Would you have any examples of anything that the team presented to you and you just thought, no, this is not going to work. I just don't really feel comfortable with this. That did end up working in the end. Yeah, I mean, the whole the campaign and the, the spot that we did was... Uh, these younger Gen Z consumers in a locker room and they had their, you know, remote control of their lives, their phones out and the emojis that were flying, <laughs> like 
There were um, a lot of emojis from tampons to sanitary napkins to, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And this is where I got really uncomfortable. It was like, oh my gosh. But it was like, this is the language. This is the consumer. And it was fun and it was bold and it really connected with the consumer. And so again, I was completely wrong. Thank goodness. (laughs) Do you think that this will almost create a trickle-down effect and many other companies will start launching product in this taboo area and start, you know, launching more period products, more products that will, of course, help um, many women and young women get out there and feel confident um, doing sport. Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly think that that's a win. I think it's a win for the consumer if we continue to do that. And I think you heard me say, you know, at the beginning that, competition actually makes us all better. And sometimes, you know, uh, the copycat is the the best form of flattery. And uh, what it will, you know, push us to do is to continue to innovate and continue to push forward and continue to listen to the consumer. And that's exactly what we'll do. But I think, you know, I would say freeing and liberating and removing distractions for young athletes so that more girls participate in sport is the win. That's the absolute win. So Amy, let's let's turn this to you now. What gave you the drive to be a change maker in this area? You know, it actually starts um, before, you know, even my education. I think um, since... You know, since I was really young, I, I was an athlete, you know, all the way in college playing basketball. And so um, sport has been at the core of kind of who I am and how I show up as a leader every single day. Um, and I started studying exercise science because I didn't know what else to do, um, <laughs> meaning I didn't know how to get away from sport because it was just connected, you know, to my heart. Um, I also figured out that I loved business and I loved retail and fashion and all of that. And so, you know, along my my journey of, you know, not only education, but experience, um, it kind of led me to the industry. You know, you start figuring out what you like, you know, in your mid 20s. And and for me, it was sport and retail. And, you know, that kind of set me out on a path in the sports industry, kind of putting the things together that I love. Um, but I use my experience as much as an athlete and what I know about sport um, with my business know-how, I think, every single day. As a professional, we know that you are quite confident from everything that you told us. How do you maintain the courage to keep pushing for positive change? Do you have any tips for people who do have an idea or do want to make a change in their workplace or in their environments or in just in society as a whole if they are feeling quite reserved about pushing for change? You know, my tips are always, you you always have to be convicted, I think, by, you know, your values and what you think are right and what you know is right for um, who you serve, you know, which is the consumer. And, you know, the way I go at it is always through complete authenticity. So I am, I am 100% myself. Um, I know I'm not always right. I'm, you know, somewhat humble. But I think when you are authentic and you have conviction and passion and you know it's the right thing for um, the consumer, for the business, like people believe you. Like it, it is absolutely believable. You don't have to march in and be like, hey, I'm a super corporate you know, like this is how I have to do it and this is how I have to act. I think it's about bringing, 
you know, authenticity and passion. And I have been really, really lucky that that's been encouraged and embraced. And I think um, it's a whole new change that's happening in the corporate world. Um, and it, it feels good. So I encourage people, like, bring your passion, bring your authenticity. Um, people will believe you and follow you. And I, I know that's a hard thing to say, but it's super true. Amy, in a company as big as Adidas is, what is to you, what is the importance of courage and vulnerability when it comes to making change in a company? I honestly think it's everything. And, you know, being courageous is sometimes um, really identifying, you know, what fear is. And I think when you really peel back the onion, sometimes like, okay, so what am I afraid of by not doing that or by not pushing that forward? And, and sometimes when you peel back the onion, you realize that it's not that scary. And so there's a bit of this kind of fearlessness of, hey, embrace um, risk, um, take courage to do the right thing. Um, and again, if you keep the right things at the forefront, like I said, you know, passion, values, but also understanding business and where we want to go, um, I think courage and vulnerability um, and also the vulnerability, because there's so many times that you fail. I, I can tell you how many times I've failed. Um, and, you know, I talk about it super openly and regularly. I'm the first person to say that. But sometimes those failures turn into sparks for, you know, great innovation. And so I, I encourage people, like, identify your fear and get past it so that you can, you know, you can be unstoppable and, you know, really be bold about where you want to take your ideas. So, Amy, this series, as you know, is all about rebellious optimists. Have you got any advice for those working with women in sports as well as those working in positions of leadership? Yeah, I love this question. Um, and it's at the heart of kind of who we are and, you know, impossible is nothing. I think number one is get in the conversation, you know, be bold. I think uh, don't be afraid to expose, you know, the emotion or um, put a spotlight on women in sport. You know, I would also tell you that, um, engage with athletes, engage with um, other women in, in the business. So I think as much of, you know, doing the right thing for the company and the brand, um, get in the conversation and give back a bit as well. Because I think the only way, you know, you get there is by also um, lifting people up. It makes all of the difference. And it really does make all of the difference um, when you do uplift the people who at the end of the day are going to buy the product and it just makes their lives easier. Yeah, absolutely. But I think an important piece is engaging in the conversation because there's some ugliness that is happening in the world of women's sports as well. And, but there's also some amazing things that are happening. And so I think as a sports brand, you know, we also have a responsibility to put a spotlight on women in sport and dimensionalize um, female athletes because there's so much more, you know, beyond sport. So um, there's a lot, there's a lot more to do, but it's sure is a fun ride thus far. Amy, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. And I really, really can't wait to try out the um, everyday bra myself. Thank you. Thank you. What a great conversation with Amy. I really do hope this inspires more women to stay in sport. You can check out the bra range that Amy and her team have created and see what stay in play leggings look like for yourself. Just go to this episode's page on gameplan-a.com. There's a link in the show notes. 
You can also read more about the subtle challenges women are facing in sports and how Adidas are tackling them. It's all on the Adidas corporate blog, gameplan-a.com. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.